Welcome to The Iceman, a podcast presented by Tuned Up Custom Rods. Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for joining us tonight. We appreciate it. We're joined tonight in uh, studio by phone, actually I should say, by our guest Nick Langton of Catch Products. Nick, thank you for being here tonight. We really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. I'm I'm very excited to have you on because uh, you kind of introduced me to the new catch carbonate board for ice fishing because um, personally I have a huge issue with any of the aluminum boards during the winter because if anyone knows fish are wet aluminum's cold and they freeze instantly to an aluminum board mm. otherwise you got to like spray them with like Pam like cooking spray and that just yeah. to me seems a little weird. Yeah, it definitely gets weird, especially you guys up north. You know, I'm in Chicago, and that's kind of where we're based out of. But you guys up north, when it gets negative 20 and 30, uh, those fish are going to freeze within a minute. So Yeah, for sure. Yeah, they, they like flash freeze like almost almost instantly. So based out of Chicago, um, how I, I got to, I mean, how do you guys even, because Chicago doesn't have a lot of fishing. Well, I mean, does it have a lot of fishing market? Or so, is it? Yeah, so um, we're like northwest suburbs of Chicago, so we're not downtown or anything, uh, you know, thank goodness. But um, we we just kind of started this company up in 2016. I've been uh, working with Catch uh, for about a year and a half now. Um, I'm actually still in college, so uh, you could say I have the dream job for a college kid. But um, we kind of just started this because my boss needed a excuse to get out on the ice and out on the water. Um from from his wife and and don't tell his wife this. But, uh, <laughs> well, I think that's you know. why most of I mean, I, don't, yeah. I, I mean I love fishing and stuff, but getting away from family and and having that kind of release of I don't know. It's nice to have an outlet. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. I think I mean, and this is this is a really big outlet for me because with COVID and the entire world kind of shutting down and having kids home all the time, this is my outlet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that yeah, where the name catch comes from, then, Nick? Yeah, kind of. Uh, yeah, we. I mean, we. Like I said, we we just kind of started this company up. Um, well, not me personally, but my boss did, and uh, it, it was intended just to be a kind of. Hey, I have this bump board, and I'm gonna go kayak fishing. Um, and honestly, the kayak world is blowing up right now. Um, and you know, we've kind of seen it in the last year and a half. You know, as our company continues to expand. Um, we've kind of seen a, a big following both down South all the way out West in California. We have a huge following. Uh, now we got guys in Minnesota. Thank you guys. Uh, you guys are supporting us with, with our new boards, but, uh, yeah, this whole thing's just kind of expanded and we've kind of just grown and it's, it's just kind of been a, it's been a nice thing during COVID. I've really enjoyed using that board so far this winter. I, I picked one up here from the shop and it's super, it, it makes measuring the fish a lot simpler. It has that well, kind of grooved yeah, design and it's easy to use. It's easy to read. Um, it's bulletproof as mine has been yeah. bouncing around on my sled. It's uh, it went 22 miles with a ice auger riding on it this weekend. So, I mean, it, that part's really nice. It's just nice. Cause you don't have to try to hold the fish with two hands. It can just lay in there and not, it's just more controlled. And honestly, it's a it's a good photo board um, for yeah. for crappies and gills. It's being bright yellow like that. It's a it's a quality board. It's not like I mean, if you had a chrome board, that'd be awesome. But it would you'd never be able to take a picture with it. Yeah, 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 exactly. And you know, uh, with the whole carbonate thing, we made it we made it yellow because you can see it easily. And what's nice is um, you know we make those boards that aren't carbonate. They're actually aluminum. Uh, John, I was showing you a little sneak peek earlier of. Uh, 
one of our new colors we have coming out. But um, I don't know if you noticed, but those actually engrave white. Um, oh. But with the yellow and the and with the polycarbonate, um, the line are you know because our boards are actually laser engraved. We'll get to that in a second, but um, those lines actually engrave black. Uh, so, so what's really nice with that is like you guys kind of said is, you know, if you have a 14 inch, you know, perch or crappie or 10 inch bluegill, um, there's no questions about it. You're, you know, you take your picture, you don't have to be fiddling around in the freezing cold. You just take the picture or you check if it's an eater and you throw it in the box. And we confirmed it. We used several tape measures and they all said the same number. They're definitely, <laughs> yeah. they definitely are accurate. Um, and yeah. being, being laser etched, I mean, that, that is probably one of the big positives for for your product is it's not it's more of a durable good it's not like a a sticker or i mean i've known i've used aluminum rulers for years and i always screw them onto the side of my otter box well most of those are not laser etched they're just either screen printed or something and you know two years later it's completely gone yeah and and another kind of thing to kind of talk about that i was getting into it but um so our boards like you mentioned are 100 percent laser engraved and the reason that that's so key, especially in the ice industry, is because no matter what board you have, if it's polycarbonate, at some point it will shrink due to the cold. Now, what you can do with the laser engrave is you can account for that. So even if that board shrinks just a tad bit, our lines are still going to match up 100%. Now, if you look at the competition, they have pressed lines, and they don't account for that. So if your board starts, and I'm not going to name any names, but if your board starts shrinking or kind of warping or, or anything press lines are not a hundred percent accurate after that. Uh, that That's that, a really good point. That makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. And it, yeah, it, not that it's a big factor for most of my fishing, but some lakes that have slots, you know, where that's like, you can't keep mm-hmm. one under 13 inches, but you can keep, you know, two between 16 and 17 or something like that. That's an important thing. Like people don't realize like you don't want to screw with your, DNR, you know, I mean, you don't want to exactly. like say, oh, this this fish was this, and you, you know, your board's half an inch off. I mean, you, you just don't want to do that kind of type. Exactly, of and yeah, and kind of a side note to what you just said. Um, actually, the Illinois DNR uses our boards to check people. Oh, that's good. Uh, that's good to know. That's that's yeah. that's actually yeah. what uh, the, I did not know that, but that's a yeah. Huge so we made point. Um, we made custom boards last year for Illinois DNR. Um, we're trying to get in with uh, Wisconsin. I've you know, it's just about getting into the other states and getting to meet some of these uh, DNR officers and, and board members. But um, Illinois DNR, they ordered a bunch of boards. They check our, uh, our they check fish with our boards, and uh, that kind of goes to show just the accuracy. Yeah, well, your boards. I mean, I I pull back up a little bit, but I ordered a board maybe two years ago from you guys, and it's an it's an aluminum one. I use it for my boat all the time. The thing I liked about it, it was aluminum, but it had like plastic sides. So it wasn't, yeah. wasn't sharp. And I actually leave it in my side rod locker and it, it's, yep. it's really a nice board. I, I, I truly love it. And it's kind of what I kind of been following you guys and kind of watching to see what else comes out because I do like to measure fish because it's kind of one of those fun things to be like, Hey, I caught this size fish. Cause I am terrible with estimating size of fish. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it kind of goes to show, especially during ice, you know, a lot of times I talk to a lot of people in the industry. You guys probably talk to more than me in the ice industry. Everybody nowadays, it seems, is catching nine and 10 inch bluegills. But <laughs> when you go to put that fish on the board, it turns out to be seven and a quarter or eight. You know, it, a nine and 10 inch bluegill in the Midwest is huge. Yeah. It, so it is. And I think a lot of people, I mean, 
it's very hard to tell a you know seven and a half to an eight and a quarter inch bluegill. Let's be honest. I mean, a pitcher does not show you that three quarters of an inch. A true ten inch male bull bluegill is enormous. Enormous. I've, I've seen a couple. I've seen a couple elevens. That I mean, and going from a ten to an eleven even gets bigger. Um, but for me, it's uh, we were on a bite last year using a a different board but uh we we measured almost every fish and we would only keep ones that were about seven and a half to eight inches because those are good eaters um they'll you get a good piece of meat on but everything bigger than like eight and a half nine inches went back yeah um, so it was more of a selective harvest thing for us yeah so what, definitely. what is the process nick for making your boards i'm sure there's probably some secrets that you guys do but it's a, yeah i'm sure it's an interesting process yeah, definitely. Um, so, so one thing that's kind of cool, and I think a lot of people can enjoy here, um, is we're a hundred percent American made, uh, and in the fishing industry nowadays, that you know that isn't common anymore, unfortunately. Um, so, just to kind of take you guys through it, though. So basically, um, for the the ice fishing boards, we'll talk about specifically. Um, what we do is we get our blanks from a, a carbonate or a polycarbonate vendor. And then what we have to do is, you know, we engineered them obviously to be the way they are. They have the cradle uh, built into them. Um, the cradles, the sides too, if you guys, you guys were kind of talking about it, but sure. Yeah. And that, uh, that cradle, I, I will tell people it is like the smoothest kind of most elegant thing on a board. I know it sounds really weird. Maybe this is me going yeah. and geeking out a little bit, but for me, I don't like it scratching stuff. Like I've had other boards yep. that are like, I won't say sure. rain yeah. gutters, but they they feel like a rain gutter. And every time you pick yep. them up or you jab your hand into them, you slice your hand open. And your board, especially is, when it's cold. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, like walleye fishing in thirty degrees, you go and reach and grab a new <clears> rod, and you're like, oh, my hand's bleeding all over. That's yeah, it's just not a good thing. Yeah, exactly. So uh, basically, what we do is is I kind of talked about it, but we get our we get our blanks in from a vendor we work for. They're actually only twenty minutes away from us, um, which is really nice. So if we have to bring in inventory and whatnot, and then. Uh, they go through our lasers, so we have uh, two lasers. Uh, they're they're really big lasers. I mean, I can fit eight or ten bump boards in uh, per round. They take about uh, I don't know a couple. I think a uh, minute thirty we got them down to um, to to engrave all sixteen inch or sixteen inches. So is um, that is that I'm, maybe I'm getting a little too geekish here, but is that one laser head that's engraving all that? So that thing's flying across. That yeah, way. yeah. That is that is one laser head. So. Um, you know, the reason you don't see a lot of companies doing this is because that is not cheap. Um, those, those lasers are not cheap. <laughs> I don't even want to know the cost of one of those lasers uh, and I'm sure they're, and I don't know if lasers are still like this, but a long time ago stuff, there used to be consumable parts on them and stuff like that. I don't know if this mm -hmm. is the case or stuff wears out. I mean, the more you use yep. it, obviously the stuff faster. wears out. Oh yeah. And, yeah, and yeah, nothing's cheap. And everything. Yeah, yeah. Nothing is cheap. That's for sure. Um, so you know, uh, we've, we've kind of locked this down to a process. So, um, yeah, we, we laser engrave them. They get quality checked every time they come out of the laser. Um, and again, they're hundred percent accurate and then they're packed and ready to go in our facility and they come with a decal, which a lot of people like, and we ship them out. Yeah. No. Is that the same way that you make the aluminum boards too? Yeah, so the aluminum boards are, uh, well, we have two aluminum boards now, right? So we have a, a powder-coated original board, which, John, is the one that you have. Yep, and that um, thing's, I'm telling people, 
it, it may not seem like a big purchase. You know, they're, I don't know. It was probably like 60 bucks, but it's one yeah, of the most, the in, most enjoyable things that I pull out and I measure because I'm, I'm still, I think the worst person at checking the size of a walleye ever. Cause I'm like, ah, oh, it's like 20 inches. And you're like, nope, we should measure it. Oh, it's 23. Oh, this is a 26 inch wall. Nope. That was 29. It's like, I'm not, I'm not good at estimating lengths. Yeah. Just, how you always underestimate. I did. <laughs> well, well, no, that was a 29. I do because I'm, I'm so bad at it that I've gotten to the point where I try to go under because I was for a long time yeah. going over. <laughs> yeah. And then you look like a, a, you know, you post it online somewhere and you got 30 guys instead of congratulating you. They're, they're calling you an idiot and all this other stuff. So I, I caught a muskie. Actually, I made a bet with my wife. This would be like five years ago that I would be done fishing for the year if I caught a muskie or 50 inches. Oh boy. And honest to God, we caught a muskie that was, I don't know, it was 49 and some change. <laughs> oh. But we, we cooked, we set it on the bump board and my buddy goes, oh, it's, it's like 49. Just, you know, wait a sec. Cause it was really cold. He said, just wait a second. It, it might, you know, it might relax because the fish was kind of like almost yeah, like tensed. tensed up. And yep. I said, nope, it's 49 and a half. And we released <sighs> it. And he's like, dude, you just, that fish was, pro-. I said, Matt, this is 49 and a half. We're taking pictures. We are saying it's 49 and a half and we're done. I said, I'm not losing on an ice season. That's because we had to bust ice that morning to oh, fish, wow. but I was like, I'm not losing out any more ice time. Yeah. I mean, a 49 yeah, and a half in muskie, 49 and a half inch muskie is a big fish. Oh, it was. I mean, I was that's very, giant. I was ecstatic, but if it would have rolled over 50 and my wife saw it, I, there would be no more fishing for the rest of the season. Now, I know that you crave, <laughs> you, you, uh, you lust after a 30 inch walleye. Yeah. I've had one 30 inch walleye in my life. Oh, I want man, another. I, Actually, I have, I have a 31. It was the best night. Single night fishing of my entire life. I caught a 25, a 27, and a 31 all on one one reef that was, I don't know, two feet deep. It was amazing. Reef. Yeah. Wow. Reef. Was it in August? It was uh, It was a July 4th yep. or 5th, um, and yep. it was hot, super hot, and it was like 1030 at night. Yep. It was yeah. insane. Yeah, we do that. Uh, I, I make it up to you guys. Uh, not not so much this year, but in the years past, I've made it up to like Vermilion, Rainy, those, those oh, yeah. you know, those lakes. And man, if you get on a reef bite, you can slip bobber, leeches, and minnows on a reef bite, and that's just something else. I actually caught them on a number eight saltwater orange crawdad uh, rattle and trap. That's awesome. And it's weird. After I did that, I put that lure and hung it up on the wall, and I said, I'll never touch that lure again. It was just, you know, because it's like it's a one of one lure. You yeah, buy it a, exactly. You bought it in a bargain bin when you were a kid. And yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I was up in uh, Manitoba three years ago on a flying and popped three twenty nines and didn't hit thirty inch that night. But I caught three twenty nines in the, about forty five minutes. That's almost so. probably harder to do than having one thirty. Oh, I know. I just, <laughs> yeah, I wish it was thirty. <laughs> it's it's hard. I mean, and you know, like. Your, your boards kind of make people honest about a legit 30-inch fish because I always tell people once they get into that trophy category, every inch is a different fish. It yep. just They're so much Very bigger. different looking. Like that night when people saw those pictures, they're like, oh, that 25 is big. The 27 shoes, and then you pull out a 31, they're like, oh, my God. I'm like, yeah, that fish was twice as big 
as the 27. <laughs> a bump board's a yeah. bad idea for a guy who wants to exaggerate. Yes. That that is true. You that guys should you should true. make one that's like <laughs> just to like laser yeah. off a chunk of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that we've had a couple guys actually tell us that before. Just make each inch three quarters of an inch, actually. <laughs> <laughs> just do like yeah. the force perspective, you know, like when they hold the fish like super far away from their body. Just exactly. have, like, have the board just be like, I don't know, like four or five inches high where the fish lays. <laughs> and then the numbers underneath it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that would actually That's be perfect. hilarious. That would be a funny game. game. Yeah, and uh, just kind of something funny, though, is we actually couldn't run the – I don't know if you've ever seen a bump board with lines that go all the way up the the sides, but with the laser, you can't run it because uh, it gives you like a, a, a parallax, it's called. Okay. And uh, when we were kind of prototyping these, we were looking at them and I was like, hey, Duke, does this look weird to you? And what it does is it messes with your eyes so bad to the point where you literally can't even tell how long the fish is. So we went as long as possible on top, but uh, that's more for kayaking and whatnot. But uh, yeah, a lot of people were commenting on that so i've never had to test this or i never dared to test it but you talk about kayaking a lot are, are your boards do they float okay so good question so are powder coat boards guaranteed to sink or your money back <laughs> i was gonna say i'm pretty sure my board would sink like a rock there's no, yeah there's not one yeah. ounce of flotation in that yeah exactly um the carbonates though uh if you look at the back of a carbonate you can see it's designed with uh some some slits to uh, put some foam in. We have a floating kit coming out at some oh, point. Oh, that's a great idea. Uh, well, but a yeah, we kayak. It would be every time I, I, I fished in canoes when I was younger. Sure. Once I got a boat, well, I'm not going back in a kayak. Um, but I could see people dropping stuff out of kayaks constantly because you're, yeah. you're so close to the water or your kid throws your board under overboard or well, Dan, oh. only, your kid is only thrown up or you use the board to, to measure ice thickness. You said, yeah, that's hole. true. Having a float kit would be great. I was going to say, yeah. that I didn't use my catch board to measure Isaac. That would have been a way better idea than using my arm. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I was about to say, that's a good idea. I guess you'd need probably, uh, uh, you might be able to fit with a six, but you guys probably use eights up there because you catch bigger fish than me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mostly is eight, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, we, a lot of people use ten still, but I don't. That is my kid absurd. ate it in a ten-inch hole this weekend. It, actually, we were, there was, he was, screwing around chopping ice like normal you know just having fun because it's 30 degrees and what else is there to do in minnesota right now uh -huh. but uh a flag popped up and i was like ben flag he goes running over there trips in a 10 inch hole and completely oh. eats it and had buries his face into the snow did he get his shit uh no he just hooked his boot just oh. the, the oh. and i was i was laughing so hard and he's like dad stop laughing he goes runs gets a flag and he missed the fish because he's i mean it, once you fall, there's you know you got another two minutes yeah. of getting up and then brushing your, the snow off your face and it was hilarious. But a disaster. Those, those ten inch holes are big. Uh, they scare me. They're like a moon crater. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can see if you're tip up fishing and you're fishing for big pike or lake trout, but ninety five percent of people who use a ten inch hole really don't need a ten inch hole. No. no, not at all. You know, and I think most of the time now, like, uh, I, I think Strike Master still makes the 10, but a lot of those guys are running 10 inch, like, propane augers. Yeah, there's, I, I think the 10 inch, well, I mean, I mean, I'm sure you've seen this, but I think the gas auger is pretty close to dead, if not oh, yeah. almost dead. Yeah, I think propane's right on the way out, too. I mean, it's, it's going to be. I mean, those electric augers are getting faster, they're getting 
yep. more efficient. The blade technology is getting better, uh, and the yeah. bit technology really took a big jump when they started using polycarbonate or whatever kind of plastic yep. they yeah, use. Yeah, the, uh, you know it's kind of funny you said that. I just put a uh, I got a, I have the Strikemaster Lithium Forty. Uh, it's a little bit of a heavier head, but I just put the six-inch light flight on it yesterday, um, the Strikemaster light flight, and I used it today, and wow, what a difference. Yeah, the, the light flight bit, I have that on my 40-volt. I have an eight-inch light flight. It's uh, The biggest thing that I noticed, and I'm sure this has to do with your boards too, is the plastic doesn't hold as much water as a metal bit. That is true. Because yep. every time you drill a hole, you're actually knocking off all of the ice. Yeah, it's it's, yeah, it's crazy. So you, you know, I remember the days of you you'd fish and hole hop all day, and your bit would weigh a legit fifty pounds after the day. It's just full of ice, full of water, um, and these light flights. There's nothing on them by the end of the day. They're they're amazing. Yeah, I uh, I've been kind of like I said, I'm I'm still in college. I'm 22, so uh, I've been kind of lucky to be kind of welcomed into the industry with panoptics and you know four pound auger blades or auger bits and yeah it's been uh, it's been a good ride yeah when i started in fishing we were using the xl 3000 strike masters the three horse oh, with yeah. a 10 inch bit it oh it had gosh. to weigh 40 pounds if not more i mean they weighed as much as the jiffy white lightnings and stuff um and the people don't realize like there was no hole hopping back then you're not going to lug that auger around and drill 500 holes with. I mean, some people could, but majority of the guys would drill two holes and fish and never move. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, like I said, I'm glad I uh, glad I didn't live in that era. No, 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 exactly. So what? what I mean, I got to ask. Any other products coming out that you can tell us about? I mean, they're yeah, they're pretty yeah, they're uh, pretty sweet. Yeah, I'll give you guys kind of a sidetrack. So we we do actually have this out right now. Um, it's a, uh, you know, it's meant for kayakers, but, um, I've been using it on the ATV. Um, we have a, a board mounting holder for, uh, the catch boards. Um, so that's kind of a nice little add on for, for the boards. If you want to mount it to like a milk crate or something, um, we, we do sell those right now. Uh, and, and I can send you guys some to check out, but, um, they're pretty sweet actually. Snowmobile, you can mount it to that. Um, but yeah, it's nice, you know, when you're hole hopping and stuff, especially up north, and you just want to kind of check ice or, or check how big your fish is. I mean, it's nice. That'd be sweet. Uh, I wonder if you could mount it like on the on your um, otter sled. Yeah, you know, you definitely can because I actually just did that last week. That would be a good idea because that's I've suggested that to otter for years. Is you got to put some kind of measuring device somewhere in your house because yeah, all these lakes. Uh, at least up here, I mean, you, you go to Red, there's a slot. You go to Mille Lacs, there's a slot. You go to Capitogma, there's a different slot. You go to smaller lakes, there's a, I mean, I know my folks live on a lake that's got a pike slot, a 24 to 36-inch pike have to yep. be released. And it's like trying to remember all these slots, it's hard enough, but then not having a measuring board, like, built into every single piece of equipment you own is exactly. makes it harder. Yeah, I should talk to Otter about making them a board. That'd be sweet. They probably would go for it. Yeah, those, yeah your polycarbonate boards are tough. I mean, they're... Yeah, no, they're nice. And, you know, what's kind of cool is, like, you know, we haven't worked with a major company yet, but if the right major company came around, I could even talk about doing, like, different colors. Like, if I wanted to do a blue board or something, you know, to say I could do something like that. And then what's kind of cool, too, is, um, you know, this has been kind of kept under the rug, but for, uh, for guys who have been ordering, like, um, boards up to, like, 500 and whatnot... Um, we're able to actually laser engrave them. So we take like 
three inches away from the first three inches and replace it with the logo. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's been pretty cool too. But yeah, I gotta well, maybe you, get in no, touch but with them. That three inches, I mean, those are some giant perch. Sometimes you know, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to lose that, that for true, those man. numbers. I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah, no, especially in Chicago. <laughs> do, you, do you? I mean, well, I guess we should uh, probably take a little break, but we'll we'll start talking about your ice fishing stuff because you you've been on ice quite a bit, and then also you do a lot of filming and video and stuff like yeah. that, and that's a I have a whole different respect for video, video yeah. videographers on the ice, videographers, whatever it is, <laughs> um, on the ice because literally everything you do is miserable. I mean, it's, yeah, it it's cold. You have batteries that freeze. You have lenses that fog. It's not like it's seventy degrees, nice and warm and enjoyable. It's miserable. It it's is. miserable. It is. So let's take a break from our sponsors, and uh, we'll be right back. Sounds good, guys. Everybody, this is Dan from the Iceman coming to you to talk to you about our sponsor, Tuned Up Custom Rods. If you're in the market for a brand new custom ice rod or custom open water rod, check us out at www.tunedupcustomrods.com. Don't forget to use our promo code Iceman. That's Iceman, one word, to save 10% off at checkout. Also, we have our newest sponsor, Freedom Baits. That's freedombaits.com. Use code ACPF10 for 10% off in your next order. These plastics are awesome. All right, everybody, welcome back. Thank you for joining us through the commercial break. Nick, thank you again for being here tonight. We really appreciate it. Yeah, no worries. So let's uh, let's uh, clear the air real quick because producer Tom pointed out something really important. So we we keep talking about catchboards, but I think we need to make sure that we spell it for everyone because it's that not, is it's, true. It's not phonetic. Yeah, right on. So yeah, catch uh, is spelled K E T C H. So if you want to find us on any social media platforms, YouTube, uh, that'll be Catch Products, and uh, we also have our videography business, Catch Outdoors. Don't get those two confused. Check them both out, but uh, yeah, that's K E T C H. And where did that name come from? Uh, to be honest with you, I think Duke Westcamp, the owner, he just got real creative. Uh, you know, one night, drank a couple hams beers, and kind of came <laughs> up with it. I thought it was someone's last name. That's funny. Yeah. So you fish quite a bit down in the Chicago area. Is that correct? Yeah, that is correct. Uh, suburbs and just kind of everywhere I can. Now, I mean, I've been to Chicago a handful of times, but. I don't picture a lot of water there besides the Chicago River and Lake Michigan. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that's kind of when I tell people I'm from Chicago, they get the whole downtown feel. And um, I'm like 20 minutes uh, just west in a suburb of Chicago. And uh, thank goodness again, by the way. Um, but, uh, um, yeah, I mean, we, you know, we get around. Um, we, we typically, uh, you know, we have some forest preserve lakes, but kind of the real big thing it's kind of the smaller lakes that we have a lot of, like, uh, you can call them strip mine lakes almost. Mm. Um, they're killer, man. A lot of them, uh, I'll be honest, some of them are privately owned. I kind of like to split up my time with private and public water just to keep myself humbled. Um, sure. but, uh, yeah, I mean, we've, we've caught giants, uh, John, I don't know if you remember, but I think like a year and a half to two years ago, I sent you some pics of like some 16 inch crappies. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't want to remember those. But I, I gotta ask: Was that on a private lake or a public lake? That that was definitely on a private lake. Okay, because my biggest on a public body of water is eighteen. So 
Yeah, that's that's giant. And like we get, um, you know, I kind of I head down to like Central Illinois um, when they do have ice. It's kind of on like the belt, you know. Um, but when we go down to Central Illinois, we can get like giant sixteen inches cons- consistently. You know, you go out and you catch a few every time. That's um, insane. On, on some public water. So are those white crappie or black crappie? Those are still black crappie, actually, really? which is awesome. Wow. Yeah, they they just get huge because you know they have just the right time to feed and the right time to grow. Well, I suppose when you think of like a crappie boat with like nine lines sticking off the front, you're not thinking of Minnesota. <laughs> well, do, I mean, do yeah. you, have you ever, do you guys fish the spider rigs and stuff? I know that's talked yeah. about, but we we only fish one line, so a spider rig yeah, would be I real mean, boring. Um, yeah, like that to me, that's just boring. That's kind of like trolling. Uh, I, I just, I can't, I can't seem to troll. No, no, no hate to anybody trolling, but I can't do it. Um, it's you know, but definitely a different way to fish. I mean, I do it a lot now just because I have kids and my kids, they're not going to hold a jig and rod and jig for three right, hours. Exactly. I mean, trolling is probably the most effective way to get them on fish. So, you know, you set up four trolling rods, yep. each kid gets one, my wife gets one, I get one. It's a pretty effective spread. And then then it's always not like you get one rod to go. It's not like yeah. just, you could say, Hey kid one, go grab that yeah, rod. Exactly. Or kid two. I don't have to be grabbing the rod all the time. Otherwise, I, I mean, some of the bites that people try to fish with younger children and stuff, it's like, don't take your kid out trying to finesse, yeah. finesse uh, hair jigs around smallies. It's like, don't do that yet. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and, you know, to be honest with you, I can't be that big of a hater. I, when I get on the, I actually have an old town kayak with a, a Tarovo installed on it. Oh boy. Yeah. It's, it's that, pretty sweet. That's insane. Cause your Tarova like, that's like half the cost of the kayak. Yeah. It's like a $5,000 kayak, but you could probably uh, water ski behind that thing with a Tarova. Yeah, you could. It's a 12 volt. I got a hundred amp hour battery running it. So, um, do you, you wait hundred, like a lithium, uh, yeah, Dakota Lithium I run. I run all Dakotas. That's uh, insane. I never thought about doing that, but I suppose a kayak, that's a significant weight savings in a kayak. Oh, yeah, yeah. If Yeah, lithium or die, man. I mean, if you're running regular batteries, you're crazy. Um, but, yeah, I do troll a little bit for, like, kings and whatnot in Wisconsin with, with the kayak just because it's – I mean, you get railed by a king and you're getting towed in the kayak. That's awesome. Um, I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. But to kind of get back to your question, I know we kind of get sidetracked on these things, but, um, yeah, I mean, we don't spider rig or anything for crappies or anything like that guys down in like straight Southern Illinois do that. But, um, you know, I grew up fishing Minnesota lakes and, and up into like Lake of the woods. So I'm pretty similar probably to you guys in terms of jigging and, and Hey, I don't mind a nice slip bobber bite either. Sometimes. Uh, I found out those are some of the best bites to have because <laughs> you throw out, you know, three slip bobbers, you sit back, yep. You know, everybody's got one, and if whoever gets, you know, you play cards or whatever. And sometimes, at least the last two years, I've really learned to enjoy being outside versus yeah. just trying to. Because I used, to, I used to be a crazy diehard. Not that I'm yeah. not a diehard now, but I used to be like you just couldn't do anything else other than fish. Well, yeah, you know, sometimes sitting in an ice house or sitting in a boat with buddies with all bobbers, you know, having a few beers and eating peanuts is. Yeah. It's a lot more enjoyable than constantly yeah, running and gunning all yeah. 150. <laughs> yeah. Uh so yeah, I mean I like I said, I fish pretty pretty normal to what you guys are fishing. Um typically we just don't have as good fishing up or down here rather. So 
But, you know, it kind of humbles you, though, at the same time. Like, when I talk to people, like, if I fish the public lakes down here, um, like today, for example, I was out. By the way, thank you guys for getting my uh, my uh, bull whip out to me in less than 24 hours. <laughs> that, um, was, uh, that was a miracle. You hit it, like, you asked for a rod that went online that day. We shipped it in the morning, and somehow it delivered next day. We yeah, and yeah, because like, you know how spe- so speedy you know delivery. They don't track your package till the next day, right? So <laughs> we, we we know all too well because people are like, my track number doesn't work. Oh uh, like, yeah, well, that has to be horrible. You, well, the thing is, people like as soon as they get the track number, they click it, and they're like, it's not available. I'm like, well, I know it literally. It literally just left the shop. <laughs> And they don't scan it until it actually shows up at your door. Unless there's a problem, exactly. then they'll scan it, and then you'll get it in their system. But yeah. they're so fast, it's pointless to scan stuff. It's yeah, almost so y- better not yeah, to scan. Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, I, like I said, I woke up this morning, and I saw it was like 20 minutes away from me, and it got delivered in like an hour. And, um, and stock rods, we've been telling people we're trying to produce as many stock rods as we can, and they're shipping within 24 hours of receipt of order. I mean, we're, oh my we're, gosh, yeah, we are, are on top of it. In. Um, yeah, so. I mean, and I and I think it's you know as much as it hurt, I think everyone when all the ice shows got canceled, I think in a way it was almost like a blessing because you actually have stock for people in the middle of the season. We and we have stock for different reasons too. I mean, I think the bites have been different. Um, I yep. know up here the for me the bite has been slower and stranger than ever, um, but. I think a lot of people are getting out. There's a lot more people getting out, but our whole COVID situation, people are fishing more. Um, yeah. And I think that's a good thing. It's a bad thing for how much is going on and the world is burning down and all this other yeah, stuff. Seriously. But realistically, I think uh, the one, I mean, cause there's, you got to look at the silver lining and all this stuff, but the one positive thing is people are going outside and, again. And I think people are kind of, I hope this might change the world a little bit of people are going to enjoy the outdoor activities again like they used to 50 years ago like you're going to teach your son how to fish you're not going to teach him how to play ps5 yeah exactly because honestly like my kids get bored of their tablets and once they're bored it's like let's go do something different let's go fish let's go hunt let's go work on a car let's let's teach you some of the stuff that it's kind of lost and forgotten. Yeah, kind of, you know, kind of get back to our roots. And I think, you know, I can agree with you. Is, you know, I guess we can sidetrack not just fishing, but anything really other than technology um, is kind of being utilized right now. And I think that's going to be the new normal just because, uh, you know, who knows when we're going to be able to go to a concert with 40,000 people. I mean, th- there's a new normal intact. And it's kind of crazy that, you know, the time right now, but, you know, you kind of have to look at the positive things out of this. Yeah, because if you look at all the negatives, there's so many more negatives than Oh, my positive. gosh. I mean, <laughs> my wife and I were just talking. She's like, I just want to go out to dinner. I'm like, well, I do too, but I don't I don't want to risk it. I don't want to put myself at risk. I don't, and, yep. you know, even doing podcasts, it's like we do everything by the phone now. There's no video anymore. I mean, yeah. like, like personal interactions and videos are weird. And, like, every work meeting I've had is over – a, oh, it's a, crazy. A phone or a computer. I'm like, I'm sick of watching people on video. I want to see a real person. But yeah, it's it's hard. It's it's almost like you want to go nuts, but it's you know, fishing is the outlet for me. Yeah, exactly. And I guess another silver line, and I've been talking to some some people uh, is nobody's been to Canada this year. So <laughs> as soon as this opens up, fishing's gonna be. Probably pretty unbelievable. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. The only thing that I worry about, I have a few friends that are resort owners up there. They're, oh, yeah. They are 
They're hurting. They're on their last buck. I mean, yeah. And I've booked a trip with one of them. You know, paid my fee. And they're I'm on like, their last toonie. Yeah, toonie and loonies. <laughs> um, I, I just I feel terrible for them because it's you want to support them, but it's like I can't book five trips. Right, to go, exactly. To go not, up there yeah. because yeah, I'm gonna going to go broke too. But it's like I, you know, I, I told him as soon as I'm up there, I'm renting a cabin, and you just tell me the price. Like I'll I'll pay whatever because. I want to be the first guy on Eagle Lake to fish yep. in two years. The first, yeah. Ameri- I mean, there's there's people that are fishing up there, but there's no pressure compared to what it has been. Oh, exactly. Yeah, I just imagine Lake of the Woods right now. It's probably a ghost town. Yeah, I mean, the Minnesota portion, I guess, is I'm, I'm assuming is very well, yeah. Well, Red Lake is busier busy. than it's ever been. Oh my gosh, I think everyone's been to Red Lake already this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I mean, our, half our state. I heard there. I mean, there's traffic jams and stuff. But part of me is like, this is, you know, this is a good thing. People are going out and still doing stuff. Even though we're shut down, you still can fish. You still can do some things. It's just yeah. very, very difficult. It's a very yeah, different world. Yeah, it is a very different world. And, you know, we're blessed to be in the fishing industry, so we can't complain too much business-wise. But no, we'll just we'll just kind of have to wait and see how things go and keep, keep innovating and keep just adapting to conditions, you know? I know. I just hope, I mean, as long as we don't have to wear masks while I'm sitting in my ice house, I'm still going. Oh, yeah, I agree. But uh, is is Chicago, I'm sure it's masks and mandates and shutdowns, and I'm sure yeah, you're just I mean, like us. I mean, I've been, you know, like I'm the I'm the sales and marketing guy over at Catch. Um, I, I don't think I've been in the shop since August. So, and it, um, I mean, I mean, that's, do you feel a little detached from that? Oh, like, it's, I mean, just, yeah, I mean, it's, it's horrible. <laughs> I, it's, you know, I like, I like being around with the guys and I like, you know, brainstorming with, with my boss and kind of seeing, I, I just like the routine process, you know? Um, but you know, there's some pros from it too, though. You kind of, you become more efficient, you know, personally, I become more efficient. I don't talk to as many people get sidetracked, but you feel isolated. That's for sure. And we're, uh, well, you know, you know, we're just kind of, we're in a state that is very strict on things right now. So, um, it's been hard to run a business. That's for sure. Yes. I, it's not been a fun year. All right. Totally. Well, let's get off the, the, the crap <laughs> of the world. Um, let's, so you also, you said you do, it's catch outdoors. Is that, so yeah. what, I, I mean, I have a lot of respect for anybody who runs a video camera on the ice because I've watched. Um, ben Brennigan, I went out fishing with him in North yep. Dakota a few years ago, and I watched that man literally look like he was frozen holding a camera for five hours, and he was so cold. I mean, he wasn't, he was no longer shivering. He just like almost like accepted that he was going to freeze to death. <laughs> yep, for the, for the film, and it becomes, you know, it kind of becomes an addiction, and what's kind of nice is I'm, I'm a little spoiled. I'm like the guy who like plans the stuff out, but I don't actually go in and have to do it. Um, we actually have an actual film crew that, that goes in, you know, I, when I go out by myself independently, I do some filming with a smaller DSLR camera. But, um, when, when my team actually brings the big guns out is what we call them, you know, the more expensive gear, man, it's, you know, not even just on the ice, but in a kayak, when you have, you know, $40,000 worth of camera gear sitting behind you on a floating kayak. It, it's kind of nerve wracking. Yeah. Cause if you flip over and not that I mean, most of that stuff is pretty waterproof, but I mean, you flip over, smoke a rock and knock it off and it, it's going to sink. <laughs> it's, it it yeah, might take yeah, a, it yeah. might take a splashing, but it's, if it sinks, it's gone. Yeah. It's gone. You know? So, I mean, it's a huge challenge, um, to kind of do that, but at the same time, it, you know, think about this, 
shows are starting to, you know, maybe not become a thing. So we need different tools to market our products and having, having this videographer and videography team at any time help us out. It's huge, man. You know, if I need to make a video, you know, in 12 hours and have it posted the next day, I can do that. Um, so it, it's definitely a blessing. And what, what's really nice though, is we're starting to venture out and help out other companies. Um, we did some, uh, commercial shoots for, um, trying to think of who was it Midwest outdoors. Okay. Um, we did those last year, great company to, to kind of work with. Um, but, um, yeah, we just kind of do our own thing and, and we're coming out with some longer episodes and, I think John, you've seen a couple videos. Maybe I'm not sure if I sent them to you, but yeah, I have. I mean, your guys' work is is pretty stellar. And what I do like, you have a little different perspective than a lot of them. Um, and I think that's, you know, every person that does video has a certain eye of what they want. Yeah, uh, and I think that's a either the consumers really eat it up or they don't love it. I mean, it's it, it's kind of an interesting thing. But uh, yeah, your guys' stuff is pretty pretty stellar so where do people go yeah. to find that uh yeah so that's a great question um i was kind of talking about it earlier but it's same k-e-t-c-h catch instead of it being products though it's outdoors you can find us on youtube uh we actually have a website that should be finished for catch outdoors and i don't know probably the next week or so but um if anyone's listening and they want to view it or if you're a company who's looking to kind of get a package put together and get some stuff done um we're pretty versatile and we can kind of do whatever you want and map it out but uh yeah catch outdoors so it's different than catch products ran by the same people but uh you know we're anglers so we get it yeah that's awesome i mean having quality content is huge that's you know if you don't have a good way to show people your product you're gonna miss out on a lot of sales yeah exactly and you know i kind of have a lot of respect for you guys you know you guys kind of came out with this whole podcast i've seen the nice setup you guys have i mean it is really I've seen I've seen and talked to a lot of companies this year and the ones who are uh, becoming even more successful during this tough time are adapting and being innovative. So uh, hats off to you guys with this podcast. You know, not only is it fun, but it's a great networking tool to kind of increase your business and kind of talk with your customers too. It's been a ton of fun just to get to chat to, to meet new people and and talk about fishing and at the same time promote product. But yeah, it has definitely been a lot of fun for us. And, and for me, um, not going to shows and then also not be able to communicate as much with my customers, it's been mm-hmm. just, it, it's a different outlet. I mean, like, you know, I mean, I've had people say uh, that they love the podcast. People say that they hate the podcast. I mean, it's just, it's actually like, well, I mean, at least I'm doing something. I, 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 yeah. I, I want to try something because I am not a person to just sit around and say, hey, I'm just going to not market myself. No, this right, is exactly, this, this is, I'm marketing kind of me this time versus, you know what I mean? And, and Dan yeah. being a host too, I said, it's marketing us, but it's more of a different perspective. Of, I want to kind of tell a story about a bunch of different people because this is what we do during a show. Um, yeah, exactly. Like a nice show. People don't realize like we sit around and, and BS and talk about the company. We talk about the products, anything new and consumers are kind of, I don't know, as a consumer, or I, I should say a hyper consumer, because I love <laughs> buying ice jigs yeah, and lures bad. and catch boards and otter hubs and all kinds of stuff. But I, I'm really missing that, um, that yeah, kind of interaction yeah. and that touch feel type th- type thing. I mean, I order stuff online, but it's, it's the f- 
it's yeah, not, I mean, it's not the same. And it, it's hard. I mean, on our consumers, it's hard to, you know, show them a rod and not have it be tactile and not have them oh, touch yeah. it. It's like, how do you explain exactly. this handle when we don't even, you know, it's like our Vulcan rod. We say it's a translucent red. Well, in everyone's mind, they have some little picture of a translucent red right now. Well, exactly. It's different. Yeah. So it's, it's much, much harder. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the one thing too, I think that is, you know, huge for anyone trying to kind of become more successful in the, or the industry rather is you really have to be different. So, um, you know, this podcast is different when we film, we don't just film with a GoPro attached to our chest, things like that. You know, when you can become different, that's when you can succeed. And you know, the other honest thing to say is you don't always succeed. Sometimes you fail, you know, marketing's a trial and error thing. Yes. And if anyone knows me that failure is part of the game, I mean, there's, I designed a lot of different rods oh, to yeah. try to come up with one winner every year. People are like, what? You know, all of them work. I said, no, it's like 3% that actually show up yeah. that, are, that are pretty decent. And then like, if you break it down, it's probably like one hundredth of a percent that actually make it to a final product. Exactly. Yeah. That happens to us too. And, you know, um, talking about product, you know, we just acquired, actually, this is a cool, kind of a cool thing to note. We, uh, bought, uh, part ownership into a big kayak trailering company. Oh, um, I mean, that makes sense because you guys are yeah. your kayak market. I mean, mm-hmm. and kayak fishing is, it's huge. It's, it's honestly, it's, it's huge. Become I mean, so much bigger. Yeah. It's, you know, it's never going to be as big as a boat world, but you know what? It's going to get pretty darn close. I don't know that. I mean, if you look at it, look at what, if you look at the cost of like ice fishing versus open water, ice fishing, you can get into ice fishing for 500 bucks and have a pretty decent setup. True. Open water, you couldn't buy the license tabs on a decent boat for $500 and a trailer. It's just, it's five grand minimum. You know, you can't really buy much, but a kayak is kind of like that in between, like for, you know, a thousand dollars, you can get a pretty decent kayak with, you know, a, a small locator yeah. and stuff like that. And you're, you're actually fishing. And so if I, you have a, a car and you yeah. don't have a trailer hitch or that you, is true, you want to put it on your roof, it, the, it makes it a lot more accessible to a significant bigger population. Right. Exactly. And I think that's why there's so many diehard ice anglers is because you know what? Even if you can't afford to kayak fish, you can get out in the middle of the lake and not have to beat the bank or something on the ice. I mean, it's a whole whole other thing. Yeah, it's still a reasonable sport to get into. Um, getting a boat is, I mean, the, the joke is bring out another thousand, and sometimes yeah. that's not a joke. It's it's a true reality. Like everything is so expensive. I mean, maintenance, storage, it's just brutal. The yeah, new, the new angling kayaks though are super attractive. They're wide enough you can stand up in, and yeah, they're not. The, and I shouldn't say the kayaks that I'm talking about are the ones that are legit mm-hmm. fishing kayaks. And yeah, they, they for a lot of anglers, I think it's a new outlet of trying to get. To, like I know Saint Croix fishing is big, but you can get into little tiny creeks and Crow little, rivers. And I mean, just all kinds of stuff that people don't. You can't get a boat to. So you guys yeah. just picked up a, a trailer and company so you can bring your kayaks easier? Is that what it is? Yeah. So basically, so we've, uh, the, the owner, his name's Denny Romero and he's, uh, he's a really good guy. He's been on our pro team for a while and, you know, he's been kind of just working it out of his garage. Basically he's got a bigger size uh, barn. Uh, and you know, we we're trying to, we're trying to take over the kayak industry and, you know, um, 
we just acquired 30 acres in North Carolina for this company. Um, so we're, we're actually already booked out into June on trailers. Oh, wow. That's, um, that's so, awesome. And these aren't, these aren't just like, you know, your put together trailers. They're all welded. They are tricked out. I mean, I got one coming that's got rigging lights and reverse lights and underglow. And it's, you know, the best of the best, something I don't need, but I'm going to have anyways. <laughs> Um, but still all so, said and done, it's probably considerably smaller and lighter than a boat trailer. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's it's better. And, you know, instead of, uh, you know, even if you buy a trailer, right? So, like, the average trailer for our company is, like, uh, 2500 right? For, like, a decked-out nice trailer. Well, you're still, I think people are getting into the kayak world because even if you have one one kayak like me, right, $5,000 kayak, that's, like, the highest end. $2,500 trailer. That's seventy five hundred dollars. How much does it cost to go buy a new bass boat or a Lund right now? Way more. I was gonna say yeah. that's like twenty. I mean, that's <laughs> five six times more. Yeah, Tom, Tom you could pull one with your uh, motorcycle. Motorcycle <laughs> yeah, and my true. and my and my Volkswagen. It'd be perfect. Yeah, your kayak life. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of an interesting thought because it's how it, funny would that be to see a guy launching a kayak with a motorcycle? That'd be sweet. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Be, I, if the ramp was a little icy, that could be a little interesting, but yeah, it'd be cool though. It would be awesome. You know, I know, I know dudes who ride motorcycles year round and they do, um, they, they got like the, the little side, not, not a sidecar, but like the little side, side wheel for, oh, uh, for attraction. Yeah. Well, it's like, uh, they do funeral escorts with them. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I, wow. Yeah, that's kind of goofy. Yeah. Not for me. Like they're in snowstorms, like blizzards riding their motorcycle. No, that's I think awesome. fun. No, that doesn't sound fun at all. <laughs> I think that's awesome. So, how Nick? So, you've been fishing around the Chicago area, or probably? Yep. How's your ice out there? Yeah, so I was just out today. I mean, I couldn't possibly not go out today without my, you know, my tuned up came in this morning. I got most of my work done, so I headed out. Uh, we got about four to five inches. Oh, that's not bad. Um, so it's not horrible, um, but. Uh, looks like, um, from what I'm seeing, you know, we, we fishermen are weather addicts, so I'm seeing a cold front coming through in the next few weeks. So, uh, it might not be good for you guys, but for me, it's going to be great. Uh, no, I'd love a cold front cause we right now are dealing with slush, um, oh, a lot of our yeah, state we, because we have, we have a lot of snow. Um, yeah, and it's been yeah. not fun. Yeah. We've actually only had like probably less than 10 inches of snow this year, which is crazy. That's, that's not, that's not too much, especially if it's spread out. Cause then it kind of melts a little bit and, yeah. and it doesn't, yeah, so the, the ice is a bit slick right now. Um, it's pretty cold out. It's getting down to like the, I don't know, low twenties, upper teens. So we're building ice. I mean, it's all good, but, um, the bite's been really bad though. I was on a pretty nice bite. I was fishing some, some you know, I texted you, John, I said, Hey, I'm on a pretty good bite. Um, we've been catching like eight and a half inch gills, um, fishing some weeds in like 18 feet of water. So. Um, it's just been kind of hard to find fish. I will agree. I've, I've been struggling a little bit more this year than other years. I feel like I'm, I'm not in timed with my normal patterns. It's just, I was fishing weeds, deep weeds, shallow weeds. And I mean, I found fish, but they were super deep and super lethargic. It was just, it was weird. And the, the reason that I ordered a tuned up custom rod, a 36 inch long rod, is I already have a couple bull whips. I think I have a precision too, but, um, man, I'm out fishing some of the guys I'm fishing with just because of that rod. So, um, you know, when you have a, a really nice rod, uh, rod tip, like what a tuned up has, man, you know, and these fish, we're kind of talking about them being lethargic. They're, they're really in a negative bite pattern right now. 
when you have a rod and a rod tip that is as nice and sensitive and, you know, you're looking at your rod, it really makes a difference. And, you know, when people ask me, you know, cause I tell a lot of people, you know, Hey, I use tuned up custom rods. They're, they're just the best on the market. There's nothing else to say. I appreciate um, that tremendously. And yeah, yeah, no worries, man. <laughs> um, and, and so when I, when I tell them that and, you know, they go to look at a price and it's, it's a high end rod, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're, you know, maybe when it's really good, it doesn't make a difference. But when it gets tough like this in some of these years, you know what? It does make a difference. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Actually, this weekend, um, the walleyes were biting unbelievably light. And the people around us were, I mean, they were everyone was getting a bite here and there. But, I mean, it was like you had to have a rod that was so soft in the tip. But then as soon as you felt it, you had to set the hook. And you had to have a pretty strong backbone because they were just almost like lipping it. They weren't actually... You know, yeah. eating the whole thing but the people that i fished with the the group one guy was catching all the fish and he's like uh, i think it's because of my precision rod Ooh. like everybody else is using the same lure same line same minnow heads yeah. and i'm like well that's one of those cases where that you can feel it maybe a half a nanosecond faster and that could be the, the only difference yeah i mean and, and you know it's not just because i'm a huge lover of tuned up man i mean it makes a difference between you know, a $50 rod and a $100 rod. There's no, I mean, there's nothing else to say about it. It makes a difference when it gets tough. Well, and it's the same thing with, with your catch boards, right? I, yeah. I could go buy a 499 aluminum ruler and it will probably work the same. Will I get an accurate measurement? No, because it's sliding around doing all kinds of stuff. But it's like a quality product is going to make your experience better. Better yep. gear usually equates to either more comfort, lighter, or just overall better performance. And that's, you know, it's so much nicer to have good gear. Yeah. I mean, it, it goes kind of, you know, you know, we're very different products, but we share the same values. Um, and you know, when you have quality products, it, it your customers like you, man. <laughs> well, and they're durable goods too. So yeah. That's definitely, it's, a, it's, a it's, I always tell people it's an investment. I said, even if something happens to them, we're more than willing to help people out. And we have a warranty that, uh, kind of, pushes that as well but uh we're almost out of time so we're gonna... oh man that was quick yeah we really appreciate you being on here nick and if you guys are in the audience listening and looking for catchboards, you can find we have them here at tuned up on our website and where are there where are some other places that they can go to get your boards yeah so you can go directly to our website um catchproducts.com uh we typically on same business days we'll get your order out the same exact day uh some people call us you know the american amazon but um <laughs> You know, we have that. Um, they're in a bunch of retailers. Um, Panfish Pursuers are in up north too. I think they have them. Uh, they've been they've been selling them too. So, um, but uh, yeah, you guys can find us directly to uh, you know on our website. But definitely check out the Tuned Up uh, Custom Rod Store. I mean, those guys always have them. So we have the 16, 16 or seventeen inches. Yep, yep, sixteen. Sixteen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The twenty six and thirty twos. If you guys are fishing for some bigger fish, on we our should website. maybe get some of those in the summertime. Yeah, I don't know who's who's the guy trying to buy all the stuff for the website, but maybe we should order some more. <laughs> yeah, I'll get on that. <laughs> Actually, I think we're we're getting down there on on catchboards, especially. I mean, for me now, I just I throw that sixteen inch one in my house all the time. All the time, it's always. I don't keep a lot of walleyes over that sixteen, seventeen inch mark. Exactly. Because let's, I, I'm trying to really push to teach my kid. You don't keep a lot of fish because right, exactly. It's people always like, oh, it's the netting, it's it's the live fishery, and they'll they'll blame everything else. But I'm like, yeah, it's the musky. I mean, yeah, it, it's it's the guys 
that, and I, I mean, that they live on the lake. They're taking their limit every day for years. Every day. And it's like, yep. those are the guys that are hurting it. It's not the one guy that goes out one time a year. It's, you know, I understand getting a meal here and there, and I understand you can do whatever you want. But I think to help the whole fishery out, I think people really need to be conscious about trying to give back a lot to what the fishery is. And Malax is kind of one of those stories that people stopped keeping fish. Now we have a small window to, to keep yep. a couple, and that lake rebounded really fast. I mean, Holy it's, it, smokes did it ever. And now it's like it's a top fishery. And part of me says, why don't you just cut it down to one fish? I mean, like Ontario's two fish or something like that. And, yeah, and, that's how it should be, man. And, you know, because I think people would rather just catch than not catch. Yeah, I agree. I, mean, I, I mean, like Dan, yeah. Dan you, you'll, you don't even eat fish, and nope. you still you still go out there and try every night to catch fish. Yeah, if you can't make it a zero <laughs> limit, I'm fine with that. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I, I agree. I'll keep a couple fish here and there, but I just, I don't, I try not it's to keep It's about the sport, man. Yeah, and I'm and trying to teach be. my kid, this is just, yep. it's a fun thing. It's an outlet thing. Absolutely. Well, Nick, once again, we really appreciate you being here on the show. Thank you for sharing your uh, your information and, and uh, the catch products, guys. If you haven't had a chance to try them out, John and I are both big believers. We both have them in our otters. They're they're fantastic. They work awesome on the ice for measuring. And uh, I really do think we should get some of the longer ones in for the summertime, John. I, I agree. I really like their aluminum boards. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks again, Nick. We appreciate it. Make sure you guys join us next week when we come back with another new episode. You've been listening to the Iceman, a podcast. Thank you. Thank you.